This, this, this is Jolly Rogers and Touchdown with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. Well, on that note, Casey, talking about some of these penalties, they, they were taken on both sides of the ball, but there were some really timely, frustrating penalties on the offense. And so let's get into the review of the offense. I, I, I kind of led with it. I was not impressed with the play calling. Um, I mean, even even like kind of at, you know, at, at the beginning, it, it, it was – okay you know they're, they're doing some stuff um I liked to I like to see Rashad White and I liked what he was doing out there he picked up uh, you know huge yards um for this team early on and and they were fairly consistently moving the ball um mm -hmm. you know and so getting that first you know getting that first touchdown Chris Godwin you know what was you know uh, targeted a lot in that first drive and it seemed like everything was going well it wasn't perfect it wasn't like you know they could have yeah. mixed it up a little bit more it was kind but of it was, like, it was very Rashad White and Chris Godwin heavy but but they were moving the ball they got a touchdown right. and it's like okay let's do this you know uh we're we're going but then after that it was just so hit or miss it's just like like you they said respond to the adjustment they didn't respond at all the very next the very next one you go three and out you literally have three plays and then and then you punt Ugh. and it's just like you're not being able to do anything you ran Rashad White twice or I mean I guess you used him twice a, a run and then a short pass but it's just like this isn't I know I know that when someone is playing well, you want to mm -hmm. utilize them. However, when you continue to utilize them, the other it team catches on. on. The other oh. team catches on and they just and so you have to spread the ball around. You can't use Rashad White every single down. And that's just what it seemed like they were trying to do. Yep. Early on in this game, use and, and when they it, weren't using him to rush, they were using him for pass catching, yeah. and then it was just Rashad, 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 Rashad. And it's like, dude, come on, like, and he's good. I'm not saying don't use him, but you have to use more than just him. You have other players on the team who are talented. You have Kate Otten, you have you know, Chris Godwin, you have Mike Evans, you have Julio, you have a bunch of other, you have Coquif, who you know, sh showed up today. You have other guys who can do things who you yep. need to utilize and to diminish your game to essentially one player receiving like 50% of the targets rushing and passing you're you made you you shot what yourself the in the foot and you made you made it one dimensional yeah there was There's no strategy there. No mm -hmm. strategy. Because for the Browns, it was Peoples Jones. It was David Njoku. It was Kareem Hunt. It was Nick Chubb. It was uh, Amari Cooper. It was so you just you couldn't always pinpoint where the ball was going to go, where it was just like, hey, uh, I'll take a 70% chance on Rashad White. Oh, Rashad White. There we go again. Oh, I'll take an 85% chance on Rashad White. Oh, back to Rashad White. There we go again. And that's why the Browns came up with 22 first downs versus the Bucks 16. And 
to make it worse and put this all into perspective on those first downs, when it comes to third down and third down efficiency, the Browns only had five out of 17 third downs and their third down efficiency percentage was 29%. They were not doing anything particularly like over, they weren't outplaying the Bucks by any means strategically. They were just being better consistently with spreading the ball amongst and not being so predictable. And then uh, we'll get to the defense when we get to the defense, because that's just, that's a whole nother headache. But yeah, Kaylee, you're hundred percent right in the fact of like, how do you come out and keep running the same play and think, assume by any means confidently that this team's not going to catch on and adjust and then not have an adjustment for the adjustment. Yeah. I think what is the most disappointing Casey is just, it, it's just, all we're asking for is a little bit of balance. And I think that feels the most frustrating is because we're not saying don't you like we've been calling on Rashad White. I like the kid. I mm-hmm. think that you need to utilize him. He's a good player. He is an asset. Look at what he did today. He is an asset to this team. 64 rushing yards, 45 receiving yards. He is an asset to this team over 100 yards total. You should utilize him. But that doesn't mean that you forget about everybody else. That doesn't mean that you only utilize him. And that's what this offense has fallen into. They did the same thing with Chris Godwin a little bit, you know, towards the end of the game. There's a drive where, you know, it's like they kept trying to go to Chris Godwin. They kept and and it's like that that's not working. You know, it didn't work. Try something different. And again, that's not an offense to Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is fantastic. He had 110 yards today. He averaged 9.2 yards per reception on 12 Mm -hmm. receptions. Like he had over a hundred fantastic game for Chris Godwin, but like you have, like you have other guys on the team aside from him that are capable and are going to make plays and you have to utilize them. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's the point Casey is that this isn't a balanced attack anymore. This is not even smart. It's just not even smart because once you see that, you know, Mike Evans and that's great that, you know, on a better note, Mike Evans got the 10,000 yards and, and all the accolades and stuff. But even his performance today wasn't very much up to par. It was either between the coverage or, you know, miscommunications between him and Tom Brady. There was no rhythm between him and Brady today at all. But then you go down the line, Chris Godwin. Okay. He showed up on key plays. That's helpful. We'll rotate that in. You don't rely on it. You rotate it because then you have Julio Jones, four targets, three receptions. Okay. 40 yards. Well, he could have maybe done a little bit more in the rotation. Then you've got, you know, Cameron Britt here and there. I still can't believe we saw no Kate Otten. We saw Bershad Perriman towards the end there. You have this depth, quote unquote, in your wide receiving core. Scotty Miller, I think, made an appearance. And then you've got Tyler Johnson, who you guys re-signed to do what with? Like collect dust on the bench because he's not an inactive. So now he's just the Swiffer Sweat Jet on the sideline. I don't understand any sort of – there's no strategy in, in, in anything that they're doing. There's no logic in anything that they're doing. Yeah. Why have this roster and be how do you have such a such a roster and you're the most predictable team in the league? 
Well, that's where I'm it feels like the front office and the coaching staff are not communicating. They're not on the same page because the front office, they're going out and they're making these deals and signing these players and making these moves. And then you never see it translate to the playing field. And so it's just like, what is like, why can't we all just sit in a conference table and talk amongst ourselves and say, hey, we're going to sign this guy we should utilize him. Like that's how it works. That's yeah, that you front so office working with the coaching staff. And as a front office, you don't tell the coaching staff exactly what to do. They're the coaching staff. You hire them because you trust them, but you also have some expectations and you say, yep. Hey, we're, si- we're going to sign this guy. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of an expectation that like you use him. Yeah. You know? And Absolutely. I think that's a hundred percent fair. You're not telling you're not telling them what to do, but you're if, if as the front office, you're trying to put this team in the very best situation they can to win, win, not just show up in a uniform. And as the coaching staff, you're also trying to do the same. How are you not on the same page with each other? How are you not on the same page about the players you have, how we're utilizing them? And it, it, it just makes no sense. Why is the front office signing players? And then the coaching staff's just ignoring them, just acting like they don't even exist. I I like that you mentioned that because like broadening the perspective a little bit, if I was working in the front office and taking the time and putting the effort into trying to lock in this player and do the negotiations and see how they work in, that'd be a waste of my freaking time. I would be frustrated because why did we go through all of that? Why are we shifting the capital? Why are we restructuring contracts to bring in somebody? And to some extent, I understand that fans would be like, oh, well, he, you know, it's not our fault that he came in and wasn't healthy. Did you vet the situation though? Because they do have to take a physical when they come in. You are seeing results on a paper that give you percentiles of what, what they may or may not do. It's a risk to reward factor. And that's what these people are paid to do. So if I have to go through this entire vetting situation to watch this man collect dust on the sideline or never be used or be registered as inactive all the time, I'm annoyed. And they're clearly not on the same page. They're not on the same page. Not, not at all. And you, you look at what happened today, Casey, you know, aside from that point about the, the coaching staff and the front office, because again, they're clearly not on the same page. I just don't think that the coaching staff in the, in this, in the, in these players are on the same page either. It's just like, mm-hmm. no one is communicating. Uh, you know, how do you go coming into this game? If Tom Brady was up by a touchdown in the last two minutes of the game, he was 218 and zero had never lost mm-hmm. leaving today. He is now 218 and one gross. He lost. He's never lost being up a touchdown with two minutes left in regulation. Yep. So not only, I mean, I know this is a little bit defensive, but like, it's not just defense because yes, they gave up those things, but also Tom Brady only threw two touchdown passes today. They mm-hmm. couldn't get anything going during 10 minutes of overtime action. Um, the Browns, they held Tampa Bay without a point on the final seven possessions. Not any point. No field goal, no nothing. Field goal. Zero points Not in a- the final seven possessions. 
And then even this, like I was reading some articles and it like makes it seem shinier than it was because it's like, oh, but Tom Brady opened the second half by completing his first six passes. And it's like, yeah, but. That's translated to what? But that's after, like what actually happened to start the second quarter? At, on a tie game when you have the ball and you just had your pep talk and you need to go out there and start the second half, excuse me, I meant second half, um, and start the second half. What, it, what actually happened? Well, Rashad White was pushed back two yards. Tom Brady was <laughs> sacked uh, six yards back. So now you're at three and 18. Mm -hmm. Tom Brady goes to Julio Jones, but it's only eight yards and then they have to punt. So, yeah. yeah, sure. Tom Brady completed his first six passes after, you know, uh, it, to start the second half. A poor start. Still. But, like, you went your first possession of the second half, you go three and out, you get you give up a sack, and then you let your running back get pushed back. Like, yep. no, that's terrible. That's so, so awful. And it and it's it just takes away from the big achievements, like you mentioned, like Mike Evans getting 28 yards and being the first Tampa Bay player ever to reach 10,000 yards receiving. That's yeah. huge. The first player ever. That should be a, an accomplishment that everybody is celebrating and excited about. And, and there's no excitement around it. Instead, you just have a bad taste in your mouth because of how awful this offense finished the game. Yeah. And the thing is, is like, it was so bad to the point where unless you were sitting on Twitter while the game was happening, the graphic was underwhelming about the achievement. The team didn't acknowledge the achievement. There was not much around it because, well, the game was pissed poor. Like <laughs> there was nothing to be excited about. And unfortunately for Mike Evans, it wasn't his greatest game either mm -hmm. to round out such a big milestone, you know? And I, and I know that these players, especially a guy like him who holds himself so accountable into such a standard, but it's like, you know, in all that, there was nothing to be excited about because you painted that picture so perfectly, Kaylee, while the articles may make it sound one way. That's where I talk about the smell test versus the taste test. Yeah. It's, you know, when you really look at it, they made no progress. I don't care about six completed passes if it goes nowhere. You know, no. they've driven all the way down the field before and then mucked things up on third down and then choose chosen not to take any kind of risk versus reward on fourth down. And then before you know it, they're not, they're, they're punting the ball. They're not even trying to go for a field goal. The play calling has been abysmal for every single circumstance, top to bottom, not even on this offense, but even sometimes on this defense and, and it's mind boggling. Casey, one last point on this offense. It, 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 I think this is like the cherry on top for me is like, this isn't even a great defense. This is a defense that you should have been able to put up 30 points. They've on. allowed 269 points heading into this game. There's no reason they shouldn't have walked away without 30 points tonight.